up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have motivational speaker, therapist, wellness coach, co-founder of Haven of Support Counseling Services, LLC, Lena Chapman. When you were in high school, did you know where you were going to be at the age of 30? Absolutely. So when I was in high school, I wanted to be an actress. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I wanted. Okay. I'm going to be an actress mm-hmm. and go to college in mass communication. And I'm just going to show everybody my skills. I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going to uh, you know, uh, book the best movies, all these different things. That was me. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. Completely it's, different. Com- a little bit. Completely. Like, just shifted. Like, mm-mm. Okay. Not- so, so why actress? Why that? Hi, Ashley. How are you doing? Hey, Ashley. Ashley is my business partner. That's Ashley. Oh, okay. That's my business partner at Haven of Support. Hey, hon. So basically what happened was um, I, I just loved acting. I love to, ex- I'm very expressive, as you can see. I love mm-hmm. to engage. I love to bring people and just get them out of their element. So I love doing that. I was always in the church plays and things of that nature. And so, well, not always, but sometimes I was in the church plays and things of that nature. And I really, really, really love to act. So I mm-hmm. said, that's what I want to do. I want to be an actress. I want to pull people and be out of my element and jump into other people's space and, and, and just bring it out to the audience. And so um, that's what I wanted to do. Um, my first semester in college, I, it was between my first semester or my first year or, or uh, first year in college. I decided that, yeah, um, I don't quite want to do this. Um, this is not my space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> and so um, I remember laying across my roommate's bed, and she was a psychology major. And I remember reading this abnormal psychology book. I was just reading a couple paragraphs, and I said, "This is so interesting." I literally changed my major within that next week or so to psychology. Mm-hmm. I said, "This is what I want to do," and from there, it hit the ground running. That is a huge shift. Yes. Yes, absolutely. From actress to psychology. Okay. <laughs> and and because that was my next question, what led you to that? Because mm-hmm. again, an extremely huge shift. Now, yeah. what was the driving force that kept you going to pursue that even further? Because you like really pursued that like hard. Yes. Yes. So what really just drew me in was definitely just the mind. And I, honestly, if you talk to a lot of counselors, psychologists, whoever are in the, let's just say the mental health field, there was always someone in their family who just had them, you know, just was like, something is just, what is it? What's wrong? What happened? How can you be the way you are? And so there was someone in my family that was that way. And I just wanted to know what made their mind do what it did and what made them act out in the behavior that they did. So that was one of my driving force, trying to figure out where their mind was. And then also realizing that I had a gift for talking to people and people would come to me with their problems and just say, I need to talk. And I didn't 
realize it was a gift of mine. I just thought I was just a personable person and people love to talk to me. But once it started becoming like, no, I'm confiding in you. I, I need your support. I need your help. I need your advice. Then it started being like, hmm, this may be more to it than just me being a good friend or a good uh, 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 associate. This is more than this. So it definitely became, it was me exercising my gift. Yeah. Right. So would you say that you're, I'm going to go a little churchy. Would you say that your gift of discernment kicked in into your studies more or less? Um, I would say that at that time, um, so I grew up in church all my life, like seriously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I would say I did not quite understand what was going on. But as I look back, yes, it was. It was that basically the Holy Spirit leading and guiding me. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, what's going on? Um, Just be a listening ear. No one wants to shut up and when to actually put my input in and things of that nature. And so as I was studying, it became more interesting to me because it was like the mind, the mind, the mind and how the mind works and how God wired the mind. Now I'm saying that now back then it was just the science part of it. But now as I see, it's like, no, it's the creation part of the mind, the creation part of the being of people that was interesting to me. And so it was just that piece of it. Yeah. Now, what would you say? And I'm going to, what would you say is the biggest misconception of receiving help, mental help for that matter? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to say it with a story. How about this? Okay. So, um, I, uh, I was pregnant with my first, uh, my first child in 2011, 2012. And so um, I went through a very rough time. And after I had him, I thought I just had the baby blues, you know, just, you know, that six weeks, they give your hormones the time to readjust and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. it lingered. And I remember going to my OBGYN and that six week appointment. And he was just like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't really know. And I remember he handed me some cards for a therapist. Now keep in mind, I'm in school to be a therapist, okay? I'm in school to be a professional counselor here. And when he handed me these cards, I said, maybe I should go. But it was something that happened. I remember taking them home to my husband. He was just like, I don't know. And then I became discouraged. Now, he said that because, you know, he was afraid himself. And then that became, made me afraid. So it wasn't necessarily like he didn't want me to go, but he just was like, I don't know. They're gonna put you on medicine, things of that nature. And I felt like I went through this point I went through this point because there was oftentimes I was sitting in the church, I was sitting in the church and I was having issues with things of um, issues and things of that nature. And it was very hard for me. And so basically I sat in church dealing with these things, anxiety and depression, and I was afraid to reach out. So I was afraid to go get help even though I knew that it was nothing wrong with it, I was scared. And so I felt like I went through that period in my life in order to be on the other side of it, to know what people are going through when it comes to the church. You know, there's people who are sitting there. It's just like, I'm suffering. I'm suffering in silence. And I feel like I should just go to the altar and pray. And and maybe it'll go away. Maybe I can shout my way through. Maybe I can praise my way through, which Mm -hmm. is an awesome um, avenue. But there was so much more to it that I needed. And so at it, God had to put me in that position in order for me to understand on the other side of it to say, it's not so much of people, they just don't want to get help, but it's very scary. It's a scary thing to say, I'm not okay. And I need some extra support and I have to reach out beyond my support system. Right. 
And yeah. I was going to ask you that, that why do you think it's so hard for the church to go and get professional help? Why do, why do you think that is? Well, there's a couple reasons. One is that it is foreign. It's a foreign thing. And I don't blame anyone. Um, I understand why it's a hard thing to do. Because first of all, when you're talking about therapists, you're talking about your mind. And a lot of people are like, I don't want people messing with my mind because I feel like I'm trying to keep it together. And if you mm -hmm. go at something and everything falls apart, then what? Then what? Um, so it's first of all, it's scary. The other thing is the misconception of um, what therapy is. If we really look at therapy as an extension of the altar, if we would really look at therapy as a space where God uses therapy to help deliver his people, then we won't be so scared to actually utilize that resource. Okay. And so that's another avenue that, um, you know, people can take uh, when it comes to therapy. And so when we talk about um, like counselors and therapists and mental health advocates and things of that nature, is really looking at it as a resource from the source right yes. amen amen um and i think it's the another part of it is and this could you mean this is my personal very uneducated professional <laughs> uneducated professional opinion <laughs> is that as you said the fear of unloading a lot of things that we don't want to know yes it's you yes. know because a lot of things are so deep embedded within us that, you know, we're just afraid to find out about ourselves or our past. Yes. And because yes. from what I've heard of most people who do go to uh, therapy is that most of the time they end up finding out it's not other people that cause the pain. They end up causing the pain to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I, I read something that was so true that most people are in therapy because it's uh, because of people who won't go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And so it's very difficult. Yes, things have happened to us, but we are very responsible for our healing. And I think that's the most important thing to remember is that, yes, things have happened. People have done different things to us. Things have um transpires trauma grief things of that nature but we have to realize that we are still responsible regardless if this person comes to therapy or not regardless if this person gives us that apology or not regardless if that person ever comes to the realization that they are the issue in the relationship we still have a responsibility i have a responsibility you have a responsibility everybody has a responsibility for their healing so that they can move forward and fulfill mm -hmm. their purpose right right now, I want you to tell us about your 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 um, business. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, go ahead. So Haven of Support Counseling Services, again, my uh, my name is Lena Chapman and um, my uh, uh, co-owner, the co-owner, Ashley Reese, um, we both partnered together. I've known Ashley since we were like 12. So we go Aww. way, way mm -hmm. back, <laughs> out of tree high. And so we both partnered together um, and uh, we came up with the business um, of supporting people through healing. Um, my specialty is definitely the church. I remember a couple years ago uh, back when I was just kind of starting off and getting a feel of like, okay, what what uh, um, what's my specialty? What is my niche? Because I mean, counseling can be a niche, but what is your specialty? And so mm -hmm. I remember thinking like, okay, ooh, I can reach out to churches and help the churches with different things. And I remember thinking, hmm. Okay, reaching out to churches, 
And I remember it being like almost a, an assignment. Let me go to the churches to help set God's people free. And I remember like that kept going over my head. And I'm like, this isn't me talking. This is God. Like this mm. is literally God saying, I need you to go to the churches to help set my people free. And I said, okay, I will go. And so what happened was um, with that, we started the private practice and I began to do, you know, um, go to churches, do trainings, do um, presentations, do girl talks, do um, different, all different types of things, podcasts, uh, um, lives, even a TV show um, I got to do like a month uh, back. But just to talk about the stigmatism about mental health in the church. And so it's definitely been a passion, a passion of mine. And so along with that, I have a uh, a little thing brewing here, which is a nonprofit called Haven of Light Mental School of Mental Health. And so if this is brewing to a space where we will start reaching out and training leadership training people of organizations and things like that about mental health so that way when they start their nonprofits when they're in churches when they're things of that nature they know how to support god's people or support the people that they serve and so that is a little bit of the niche that um you know i've been kind of working on um with haven of support and haven of light school of mental health wow now what is the age range for the people that you help so um, we work with kids probably from the age of, let's say, five or six, um, and then adolescents. Um, of course, it just goes from kids all the way up. Um, my business partner definitely works with the younger crowd. She does have, you know, work with adults too, but she's more focused with the younger school-age children um, as I'm more focused with more adults. I do see adolescents. Um, so it's like adolescence for me, it's adolescence all the way up to adulthood. And then she does more of the like um, school age children to people who are adults as well. Okay. Now, what would you say is the one um, common denominator of the people that come to you? The common denominator. So the common denominator is trauma, trauma, mm -hmm. lot of trauma and honestly since my niche is um uh, people who are uh, christians or um now i see a wide variety of people they don't have to necessarily be christians or anything like that i've seen people with different uh backgrounds um beliefs and things of that nature and that's perfectly fine with me because it's not about that it's about supporting people and no matter who what people they are they're all god's people so that's my goal mm -hmm. amen so anyway the um common denominator is trauma there's been a lot of trauma. A lot of people have dealt with different things. And we, when we look at trauma, we don't realize that verbal abuse, emotional abuse is part of trauma. We always think it's about physical or sexual abuse, but emotional and, um, uh, emotional and um, verbal abuse is also trauma. It's traumatic. And so I would say that's a huge denominator when it comes to a lot of the clients that I see. Now, I want to share something. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put this on the World Wide Web. All right, and ahead. okay, because you're talking about verbal abuse. Yes, and I hope some of my high school friends are watching this. Because, uh, but I ain't gonna name no name. All right, but, okay. <laughs> I remember when. Look, back in high school, and I was sitting at the popular table, if you will, and I was sitting there with the girls, and we was having lunch, and I remember this group of popular boys walked by. And football, basketball, I can't remember, but it was it was a mixed breed of guys. 
And I remember one of them, one of the cuter ones, he walked past and he was like, man, this is the finest table in the whole cafeteria, except for you. Ooh, wow. When I tell you, I crawled so deep into a hole. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the messed up part about it. Mm-hmm. Now, one of them girls stood up for me, and not one of them dudes stood up for me. Wow. And to this day, that still is a thorn in my side. Yes. To this day. And here's what's even worse. About maybe, say about maybe 11 years ago, mm-hmm. that same guy inboxed me in Facebook. Mm-hmm. I had the biggest crush on you in high school. Wow. Bro, you lying. Mm-hmm. I didn't even tell him. I still to this day have not told him that he said that or did that or 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 I'm still carrying that that pain about that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But words have so much impact yes, on somebody. Do. So here I am, 49, talking about something that happened to me when I was probably 14. Mm-hmm. And traumatized, traumatized, because yeah. I was freshman year. So I had to have been like 14 or whatever, or something like that. And I think he was like a senior. Mm-hmm. But yeah, traumatized. So yeah. And, and people don't realize that. And that's why it's very important to understand what trauma is, because... Mm-hmm. And people say, well, I wasn't beaten up or anything like that, or I wasn't sexually abused, so I didn't really experience trauma, but my dad called me every name in a book, and I'm like, that's trauma. Mm-hmm. And so when anybody says anything about us, it's mm-hmm. just insecurity, and it's like, well, shoot, it's validating it. So mm-hmm. if you say anything about, oh, girl, you might need to do this and that, and you're like, oh my God, if they call me ugly, oh my gosh, here goes somebody else, or call me ugly. And it hits that spot, that soft spot. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like you said, words hurt. Emotional and verbal abuse is also trauma. It's very yeah. traumatic. And that yeah. thing with us for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. But so I, 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 anyway, we'll talk about that later. I'm not trying to have no uh, counseling session for all y'all to hear. <laughs> but here's an example of what we do. <laughs> right. But, but my point, and you know, that costs money and you just, you know, I ain't trying to make you give me something for free. <laughs> point is that I I understand what you're saying. And, and, you know, and on top of that is like a, a hurt from something that was so far from my past that I've carried on to my, my present. And, you know, that could, you know, do with any, with any of your clients, I'm sure I'm pretty sure that's like an ongoing pattern that someone might have to dig deep mm-hmm. and then resurface and for them to unpack with you to deal with what's going on with them currently. So, yeah. wow. Wow. So yeah. again, it goes back to how you became from, I want to be an actress to this amazing, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Look what God would do. Mm-hmm. He would definitely on a straight and narrow path. And it wasn't like I was running. It was just that I just wasn't on the right path. 
Um, but I do feel like uh, it's all purposeful because the things that I did learn in mass communication about speaking and enunciating and making sure you draw in the audience and things like that, that definitely helps me when it comes to presentations, when it comes to, you know, trainings and things like that to draw your audience in. So it definitely wasn't in vain. It wasn't a waste of time. Mm -hmm. It literally God's way of saying, okay, you're going to need this in your tool belt for later on. So go ahead and stuff that over here until later on. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, what I notice is that you call yourself, well, you have been called a therapist after God's own heart. I want you to break that down. Yes. And so when I think about that, a therapist after God's own heart, I hear, I think of David, you know, mm -hmm. David is a, is a person, a, a person, uh, a man after God's own heart. And that's what he was labeled as. And when I think about being a therapist, I'm after God's heart. It's not for my glory, but for the glory of God. It's not for anyone else's glory or to gain anything, recognition or anything about it. It's about God. It's about souls. It's about um, um, supporting God's people. And so that's what his, wherever God's heart is, is where my heart wants to be. So I'm mm. after his heart. I'm after his passion for people, his, his long suffering, his grace, his mercy for people. And so I want to show that as a therapist. So whatever God's heart is, that's what I'm. That's where I'm reaching to. And it's for his glory, not for mine. Mm -hmm. Is it hard for you sometime to, to not get too personal with your clients and to keep it, you know, business and, and also to, you know, being, a, you know, a godly woman to not get, put your heart too much in it. Is it hard for you to separate the two? It's not hard. And I say it because I think through training and just years and years of doing what I've done, um, what I'm, I've been doing is mm -hmm. it kind of, it's boundaries. You definitely have to have boundaries. But what I tell people with this is this, when I get to my clients, if it's a man or a woman, I say, I want you to feel like you're talking to a professional homie or a professional homegirl. Oh, I'm on. to remain professional in everything I do, but I want you to feel comfortable of talking to like your friend or, or, or your homeboy. And mm -hmm. so I say that because I don't want to come across, hands crossed, well, tell me how you feel. I want you to feel loose. I'm going to say, oh, okay, tell me about it. I'll cross my hands and I'll, I'll use my body language or whatever the case would be. I want people to feel comfortable. It's already scary. It's already scary that you're coming to a stranger, unleashing all this stuff. And then you don't want anybody who's uptight you know, you don't want anybody. Right. You want somebody who you can be relatable to. And that's what I try to be um, for all my clients is relatable um, and, and make sure that there's, of course, there's boundaries that need definitely has to stay up because you definitely want to make sure you're supportive, but you're not enabling. Right. right. So that's uh, kind of like, you know, this spill about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it'd be hard for me because I'll be ready to hug them and probably start crying and well, I get all emotional. I'm, I don't think a hug is a bad thing. Sometimes people need it. And you have to go what you feel, okay? What you feel is professionally right. Sometimes mm -hmm. you do need to hug your client. You can ask, is it okay if I give you a hug? Is it okay? Is that okay? It's okay to do that sometimes. Now, I wouldn't just okay. be over there just, you know, hugging everybody, you know, that type of thing. But if it's, if you feel that that's it's an appropriate moment to do so, and you ask permission if that's okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Just a good old friendly church hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get what, what <laughs> the 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 sinking. <laughs> yeah. Now you call it um, a journey too for people to find themselves. Yes. Now, why why do you say that? Because when you think of a journey, 
you think when even just like a, a trip, we'll just say a trip, a trip and a journey, pretty much the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So when you when you go on a trip, you have bags, right? And you pack for that trip. So whether you're going somewhere hot or cold, you pack accordingly. If you're going to the Colorado mountains and the snow, you're not going to be packing your bathing suit and shorts and things of that nature. You're going to be packing whatever you need for that climate. And so therapy is a journey. You're going to pack for the journey. So you're going to sometimes um, um, have your bags with you and things like that. And it's a journey of healing. Okay, so once we have our bags and we're walking things like that, we're going to realize that sometimes we may need to lighten the load a little bit. Maybe the stuff that's in our bag is nothing that we need to use. Have we ever packed something for a vacation and we didn't even wear it? I packed this. I don't even need it. I packed these shoes. I didn't even wear them. It just made your luggage heavier. Ooh. Okay, so that's therapy is a journey it's a trip because whatever you bring on that trip you have to realize what is good in that bag for where you're trying to go and what you need to release or take out of that bag because it's holding you back now come on somebody all right now yes okay yes okay i hear you sis (laughs) okay now what do you tell somebody when you see that like you just got way too much luggage I mean, how do you get them to recognize that? So um, what what I try to do is is just get a, a roundabout what's going on with them, what's happened in the past and things of that nature. And then we try to find what is significant for this moment in time. What do you need for this moment in time? Okay. So I may need to be this, this, and this for this season. And I may need to be that this and this, or maybe I'm not in this season no more. I need to get rid of it. So it's the, through the process and through the talking, you have no idea. And and this is why I'm I'm going somewhere with this. This is why mm-hmm. it's very important to talk to a professional, because talking to your homegirls and things like that, they don't know all the right questions and and and, and um, techniques to use to help you get to a aha moment. Ooh, maybe I don't need to do this anymore. Oh, maybe I don't need to keep my defenses up all the time because I'm not in a traumatic situation anymore, but I've been treating everybody as if I've been in this traumatic situation and I'm always in fight mode. I'm always in fight mode. And so you start to realize like, okay, so we're always in fight mode, but are you in danger? Well, no, I'm not. So maybe we need to take that load out, take that out and use that for a time at, a, at another time, but we take this off and say, okay. And then you get the tools and the strategies on how to do so. But that's why I feel like it's very important is just to process and let them talk it out. A lot of times people process through talking. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, the, okay. That is very true. Now, when that's a good point. Now, how do you even let your friend know? Maybe you need to go see mm. some professional help without offending them. Oh, I'm going to be honest. That's a tough one um, because people can get def- uh, uh, defensive or offended when you tell mm-hmm. them that, hey, I think you need to see some professional help. But it's through love and kindness how you use your words. Mm-hmm. You know, just say, hey, pull them aside. Don't do it in a joke. Girl, you need a therapist. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> you always to me. I don't want to hear that no more. This and that. It takes a gentle heart to say I've noticed you've been going through some things and you haven't been the same lately. And sometimes you may need an outside ear. Maybe you needed someone who is uh, different and who's not in this circle that can be able to help support you. 
Oh, what do you mean? Maybe you need to talk to a therapist or a counselor. I ain't crazy snack. It don't mean that you're crazy. It definitely doesn't. It just means that I'm looking for a resource to help me with my issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because after a while, I'm, you know, there's only so much advice, mm-hmm. as you said, that we can give a person and a family member or, like you said, a friend to where you have to be like, even interventions, you know, because, you know, I sometimes said we can let's do an intervention and mm-hmm. all of us get together and talk to them. And, and mm-hmm. you just cringe. You mm-hmm. just cringe. What mm-hmm. is your what is your advice on interventions? <laughs> OK, it can definitely go very well and it can definitely backfire. And the reason okay. why is because when we're trying to do interventions and there's someone who's not very professional, sometimes we think that the tough love approach, what mm-hmm. are you your life what is this 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 and this is not going to help it can actually cause more harm um sometimes we don't have the right words on how to say different things and so we can actually do more harm um can you imagine you dealing with something and you know everyone sees it and then you go into a room of 15 people and they're saying look at you it's yeah. you yeah how damaging that can be so that's why i kind of cringe because i'm just like i think a lot of people know when they have issues I don't think mm-hmm. they're like um, just blinded and saying, oh, no, I don't have a problem. They may say it out loud, but in the inside, they know. And right. so these interventions, we have to be very careful about our approach to it and making sure that we're not aligning 15 people to gang up to say, we all see the same thing and you need to get your life together. You need to just get a job. You need to just do this. You need to just mm-hmm. like how damaging can that be when you're the one who's actually sitting in the chair that everybody's talking about? Right. Saying there's something wrong with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I cringe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, what if they shrink the number of the intervention, just a couple, a few, like a, a few, uh, would you say that would be a better choice to do an intervention? I would say you need to know the person and what their, their preferences are. And sometimes it doesn't take 15 million people or two or three people. Sometimes it just takes one caring person, one caring person to come and pull that person aside. Let's go out to eat. Hey, are you okay? How are things going? Mm -hmm. Because even two or three is a little, it can be too much. So you got to know who you're talking to and not just say, no, we're going to do this and we're going to get this straight. Yeah, let's do it in a very helpful and supportive way versus pointing the finger so yeah sometimes three people can work sometimes just pulling that person aside and taking them out to eat or you know doing something special with that person maybe going on a walk and just saying hey I just noticed that you're a little bit different are you okay can we just start with that question are you okay versus giving out this advice unsolicited advice at that just tell them you do this you need to do that you do that hey are you okay how can I support you Right. What do you need from me? Let's start with those questions versus, yeah. Right. Because if they're like me, if someone asks me if I'm okay, I immediately start crying because I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then let you know. yeah. There's your starting point there. Yeah. Because <laughs> that lets you know, I know I'm not okay. I'm, I'm a big old mess. Yeah. Because so, I know that you cared enough. You saw that I'm not okay. Yeah. So, so that is a passion. 
I felt their compassion. I felt their love. I felt that God sent somebody to me to check on me. Yeah. To ask me if I was okay. Absolutely. That is very, very, very true. Now, this might this might be a stinger. All right. (laughs) Sting, sting. All right. Now, this goes into the intervention. Now, how many times have we have both seen when the church do their own version of interventions? Yeah. Like call someone up and mm-hmm. be like, we gonna pray for you because mm-hmm. we know something's going on with you. Do you think that's a good idea? This is where uh, mental health training is very important. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we have been accustomed to doing things for a very long time and not realizing that it may be harmful. Um, how harmful can it be if, let's just say I'm going through something and then I get caught up to prayer um, and then the person's praying on the mic and everybody can hear my business. <laughs> and it's like, yes, I want to be delivered, but I'm so worried about what everybody else is. I'm not in that mental space for deliverance right now. I'm worried about everybody else judging me in the background. Mm-hmm. I can't submit. I can't even let go of what's going on inside of me. Because I can't even hear what God is saying to me right now or let what hit him into my heart because I'm worried about this. And we have to be very careful that if there, we're not, if the person's not necessarily going up to for prayer that if we think that they need prayer maybe going to them and making sure that mike is not necessarily on and everybody can hear everything that they are going through and maybe pulling them aside and you can call it coddling or whatever the case may be but i call it sometimes you have to use all the tools in your toolbox when it comes to deliverance and not just what we're accustomed to doing the custom mm-hmm. that's fine it can work but there's other ways we can do this. And that's what it, it's kind of um, with the church and the trainings that I want to do is being um, mindful, mm-hmm. mindful that even though we are trying to get the spiritual together, that we don't want to damage the mental and the physical while we're trying to get the spirit, spiritual or damage the spiritual while we're connecting with the uh, mental. And so it all ties together. So we have to be very um mindful of what we're doing and what approaches we are taking yeah that that's where wisdom kicks in yes lots of wisdom yeah absolutely um because as you said you grew up in church and we, we both grew up in the church and we both saw that you know where someone would get called for prayer and i've seen both ways i've seen where a pastor would use wisdom and you know not say anything and i've seen where he they will say too much yeah and that's where we have to be careful as the people who are in the audience as well um we have to realize what the wisdom is that everybody is not especially spiritually minded so there Mm -hmm. are people who are like i don't care what's going on with you i'm right here praying with you i'm right here for you i'm going to fight with you we're going to tackle this thing together and then you do have people who are not necessarily spiritually mature to handle what they're hearing and so we Mm -hmm. have to be careful about that Right, absolutely. Now you have a YouTube channel too. I do. It's the, I need to upload it and do better. Oh my goodness! I tell you, when you talk <laughs> about branding and getting yourself out there, it's like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and it's just like a dance. And it's like 
trying to juggle yes. all those different but I do. I try to upload all the videos that I put on my Facebook page. Um, about little, I do like maybe three or four minute videos, sometimes five minute videos every now and then about different topics that come to me during the daytime. So mm -hmm. I try to, I know what a branding coach would say, try to record everything once and that way you can get it all together. But for me, um, when God puts something in my spirit, that's how I run. And so, right. okay, I could be writing and something comes to me. I'm like, I need to do a video on that. And so um, I tried to upload these videos on YouTube so that way people um, across the world can see it um, as well as on my, uh, my Facebook page. I keep everything completely public so that everybody can see, um, you know, the videos and things of that nature. They don't have to necessarily be my friend to see it, even though I do welcome right. you, um, to be my friend if you want. But um, that way anybody be your can friend. see it. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was like, because I looked on there, I was like, she's so hype on there. I was like, because because you always you, you do this. Hi, oh, hello everyone. Lena Chapman here. Yes, that is my thing. <laughs> yes, I was like, I love it. I was like, yes. if she don't get some more videos on here. Yes, I'm very personable, and this is just my personality. I love, 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 like what I do. I absolutely love what I do, and I can honestly say it's so freeing to be mm -hmm. walking where you're supposed to be walking um, on your assignment, on your duty, and absolutely love it. I love what I do. Hey, Angie. Oh, see, now you got to do the, hi. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I love your spirit. And so I've been trolling. Okay. Troll, honey. <laughs> That's what I do. And so in my trolling, I saw you and your husband, he has a Facebook page, I mean, a YouTube page channel too. Yes, he does. J Chap Snacks. So yeah. he try different um, snacks, you know, like the new snacks. So he, he works for Walgreens. He's a store manager for Walgreens. And so he would often come home with like the weirdest like cereals and mm -hmm. chips and cookies. And I'm like, oh, here, try this. I'm like, I'm not eating that. No, I like, just give me the plain, whatever it is. I don't have to do all of that. And mm -hmm. so started saying, oh, I want to try these and going live and showing people these different things. And so he started trying different snacks and different like um, um, local uh, um, people who made like different desserts and things like that. And then um, of course you probably saw the chip um, challenge yeah, that's the one I was going to ask you about. That hot chip, why? 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 Why did you do that to yourself? Yeah, lean in. Why did you do that to yourself? I was, that's why you don't let people hype you up, okay? So that's a life lesson. Don't let people hype you up. You already, I already knew I didn't want to do it. I could smell, the chip smelled horrible. <laughs> and I knew I didn't want to eat. I was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to get on here with my honey bun and I'm just going to diss with him. Oh, that's what I call my husband. I call him honey bunny. <laughs> when I got on there, my head, when I started chewing in my head, it was like my body was reacting to a foreign object. My head started itching. I started Girl, crying. I was crying watching that. I was I like, didn't what, know did what to do? I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, "What? Why?" Because I saw you. Because first, I thought you you psyched him out because you yeah. look like this and act like you ate it. It was like how I was like, "Good for her," but then you did it. I was like, "No, ma'am, yeah. no." 
And my big mistake is I drank water. And, and water I was about to say that. I was like, what did you do it for? Water. And I was reading the comments and I was cracking up. They was like, don't drink water. Stop drinking the water. Stop drinking water. You just kept drinking water, putting water on the towel, putting it on your... I was like, what is she doing, Jesus? Make her stop. Everybody's screaming, ice cream. When you start panicking, you cannot think. You cannot think clearly. And see, there was a mental health piece in here too. When you are in a crisis mode, you are not thinking clearly and you start to do things that are damaging to you, even though people are trying to help you. And look moment right there when people were like don't drink the water i'm like in my mind water is good for you water puts out fire look you drinking water he was smacking his stomach and labor rubbing his stomach you was rubbing his head putting water on his head the kids was in the camera i was like there is so much happening i was like jesus Yes, it was a circus in that living room. And then afterwards was even worse. So the camera goes off and we're looking at each other. We were going to never do that. That was one chip. One chip. One chip. We had a half a chip. Well, he ate a chip before then. And we both had like a half a chip. So we bought- The same chip? So we bought two chips. Mm -hmm. So he had one before. And he went through that and they, they psyched him up. They hyped him up again to do another one. And I said, I'll do it with you. So he did it and he cut it in half and we did that one together. No, ma'am. Yes. No, ma'am. Who does that? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. I would have passed when I got to the smell. No. That was horrible. The smell of the chip. It was your facial expression. Because you was just like, <laughs> I was like, why is she doing it? No, I know her love her some him, but no. Yes, yes. Don't uh, lesson learned. Don't let people hype you up. Okay, it's not husband or not. No, don't let anybody hype you up. And the comments was telling you don't do it, and you did it anyway. And I did it anyway. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. The people loved you and was telling you don't do it, and you did it anyway. The people, no, no. And I was like, yeah, I'm a trap. Never. The people loved you and said eat ice cream, but you just. That was when you're in panic mode. When you panic, you don't listen to anything. You think you know what's best for you. And all the while you're hurting yourself because you won't listen to somebody else who's trying to help you. So there's that. Yep. Pretty Mm, much. mm, mm. That was (laughs) hilarious. Which is a great segue for my next question. What Mm -hmm. advice would you give someone who's afraid of professional help? (laughs) (laughs) I would say listen. We jump in and try different things all the time. We try different foods. It may work out for us. It may not. We Mm -hmm. try different clothing, different styles of clothing. We try different hairstyles. We try a lot of different things on a daily basis. So why not try something that's actually going to better yourself or help you reach your fullest potential in life? And so if you are scared, sometimes you have to jump in scared. Most of my clients with their first session, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck. I, that's the first thing I ask them, how are you feeling? I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I reassure them and let them know that this is not that. We're going to take it slow. And so sometimes you do have to jump in deep in the deep end and just swim and just right. swim. Yeah. And just know that even though you jumped in the deep end, there was a lifesaver sitting there ready for you to help you through it and say, okay, let's go. Let's go. Flap those arms. Kick those legs. You got this. Come on. You got it. You got it. And if you need me to jump in there with you, I will. Weave and all. Yes, ma'am. Because I am willing to get there with you to help you float on your yes. own. 
So I'll, I'll rest, I'll do the rescue part, but then there's another part where it's like, okay, now I'm going to teach you how to float on your own. Yes. You can float and you go through life and you learn these coping skills and then you can do this on your own. Yes. Yes. Amen. Now what's next for you, lady? Oh boy. I have a lot of things next. I have a oh, lot come of on with it. And come so on like, um, I'm going to get Haven of Light School of Mental Health together. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to start teaching people who look like us, people of color, how to um, uh, support people with mental health issues, how to um, um, support the church and um, having mental health advocates in every church. I want every church to have a therapist assigned to them. So this is what my goal is. I want to get this um, um, the School of Mental Health started so that way we can get government funding to help support our people, people who look like us. So yes, there's a the big piece is the church part, but there's a whole nother piece of this where I want to start training counselors and therapists how to um, work with our people. Now, keep in mind, when we go to grad school and things of that nature, we are pretty much the minority in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're learning about um, psychology, about a whole bunch of middle-aged Caucasian people and uh, people who started psychology. And so we're learning from that aspect when there's such a big, broad piece of it that we, the mental the minorities don't really reach. We don't really get into that piece. And so we learn all these things and then we have to, as a minority council, we have to flip everything we learn and tailor it to fit our people. So why not we teach our people how to support our people, not to limit it, but to give us another avenue, another tool in order to help our community. Okay. Amen. Now, now how can people contact you? Yes. So you can contact me again. It's Haven of Support Counseling Services. We do have a Facebook page. You can always message message us on there. You can give us a call at 314-325-1995. You can also uh, email us at info, I-N-F-O, at havenofsupport.com, okay? That's how you can get in contact. And if you need any extra support where you need to find a therapist, and let's just say I'm not in your state or things of that nature, you can always feel free to give me a call and I can give you some resources for someone who is in your state who can serve you, okay? And so, yep, that's how you can reach me. Wonderful. All right. If you can have any song be your theme song, when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Okay, a theme song. Um, oh, I have so many. Okay, a theme song. So right now, my theme song is um, Do Not Pass Me By. So All that right now. Song, That's- <clears throat> this is my thing. This, this is the one I, I play over and over and over again in the morning. So this is my theme song for this season I'm in. And it's the slower version. So it's not the fast. Do not pass me. It's the slower one. So it's okay. Savior, Savior. And I love that song because it's like, Lord, don't pass me by. I'm so yes. I'm an empty vessel. I'm willing to do what you called me to do. Whatever you do, don't pass me by. I want to be used by you. So don't pass me by. Don't don't look me over. I'm ready. I'm I'm got my hand up. Don't look, don't don't look me over, Lord. I'm right here. I'm willing. I'm willing. I got I got it. Yes. That is definitely me. So that is my theme song for this season. Do not pass me by. I'm All willing. Right. I'm ready to go. Yeah. All right. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you.
guys. <laughs> thank you, Lena, for being on the show. I cannot thank you for all the great work that you are doing in the community and all the things that you are doing for not just for the community, but for the world as a whole. And guess what? Rolly Church Girls Live. As a matter of fact, this episode was live. You can see this episode on YouTube or Roller Church Girl Facebook page or Roller Church Girl Twitch page. And if you would like to learn more about guests or if you would like to learn more about me or if you would like to learn more about Roller Church Girl or if you would like to learn how you can be on Roller Church Girl, go to www.rollychurchgirl.com Go to contacts, ship me an email, and let's see if we can do that thing. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.